Hey everyone, this week on episode 56 of your favorite recovery talk show, we are going to switch it up a little bit because for the first time in a while, we have no guest. But nevertheless, KB and I have a great talk about early recovery, which is something that we haven't talked about in a while. So I hope you guys enjoy it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Brainwashed Coffee Company. If you head over to their website, brainwashedcoffeeco.com, and use the promo code SOBERHIGHWAY, all one word, at checkout, you'll get $5 off your first order. Plus, if you order three or more bags, you'll get free shipping. All right, let's get into it. Get ready, get set, and let's go. This is your favorite recovery talk show, The Sober Highway Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay. So are you, yeah, are you at home? No, I'm in Aspen. My friend was taking my headshot today for my book jacket. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, How'd so that go? We went to the, it was awesome. She took me to the Aspen Art Museum because, like, she's super rad. And we saw an Andy Warhol exhibit and took some photographs. And so I've got some new ones for my book. So that's the that's the candle. Um, that's the guy who did the Campbell soup, right? The Campbell yes. soup can. And yeah, and he like did the Monroe and all that. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it was super cool. We had a ton of fun. So that's so you're you're gonna have the green the green hair in your. That's exactly yeah. what you wore during the recording. Uh, yeah, this the the yeah. picture taking thing. Yeah, photo like shoot. I do. I had blue hair in the last one, and okay. not as many tattoos. So I, I needed to show off my new tattoos and show off my new everything. Right. I like that tat, by the way. Is yeah, that cool? Is that is that like the full the finished product, or you is that like a multiple session thing? No, we're gonna get color in on there too, but I just didn't want to stick around for six hours, so yeah. we're gonna do. I I don't I don't heal very well if I do the whole one at at once, right? Like okay. I don't know. Do you have? Yeah, you do. You have a whole sleeve there. Yeah. So this whole sleeve was done in I think it was like three or four sessions. Yeah. And so essentially, like the way that I did it was we were booked. He booked me for four. Um he booked me for four sessions mm-hmm. and each one is supposed to be three hours because yeah. apparently at this shop, you're not allowed to tattoo for more than three hours like per, per person. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, he was like, if you're, if we were to do this, he was like, realistically, like I could do it. Like I have no problem tattooing for 12 straight hours, but the problem is you can't like, to lock to lock someone up for the whole day when they could be doing you know like so many different little things um you know that creates a pro- created a problem for them and then also um he was like your your arm would be like your skin would be ripped raw if yeah. we did a sleeve like that for 12 hours but then so we did it in 3 and he did all the gray like the black and gray and the shading and i was like the plan was to do the fourth, the fourth session would be to add the color. And then he was like, honestly, Dan, this tattoo looks sick with just black and gray. Yeah. So, it does. Yeah. So we just left it. We just left it with that. Yeah. This um, one, she went for seven hours on and I could have, I, I wish we would have broken it up into two because it was, it didn't heal great. Like there's a couple of parts and I, you know, it's kind of a combination of factors, but 
yeah, seven hours, like right, especially on this tender little bit right here, like in, yeah. your, in the crease of your arm and like on your is, bicep. Is part of it like on the inside of your arm? Well, this one's in my armpit, even like. Oh, that is sick. Yeah. That's, the, that's the that's the little finger dagger. That's the knife that Arya used to kill the Night King. Yeah, that was from that was that used to be Littlefinger's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. But no, we intended to color this one in. Like, we're gonna do kind of like this pink, and then add in like yellows and oranges all the way. Is down, that so. is that supposed to be what is it? A, is that a face or is that? Yeah, okay. it's a face. Let's see if I can get a good angle on it. See, so there's her oh. face right here, and then she's wearing a fish as a hat. That's what I thought. It looked like a koi fish. That's yeah. sick. Right? Is this a lady yeah. who's been tattooing for six months? Wow, you got some guts going to someone that's only been tatting for six months. Well, she did this, like, yeah. I just, I just get really nervous. Like, I, like, when I first went to get when I got my first tattoo, which was this arrow, Mm -hmm. I, I saw there's this place, Lark Tattoo. If you ever come down, we should, we should totally get. We should totally go there and get tattoos, but that's beside the point. Anyway, so there's this shop down here on Old Country Road called Lark Tattoo, and they just so happened to have a second shop on Lark Street in Albany, where I used to go to school, hence the name Lark Tattoo. So I Mm -hmm. I remembered the name. I saw, oh shit, Lark Tattoo. I walked in there at the Long Island one, and I was like, it just so happened the owner came to greet me, and I was like... This doesn't this isn't the same Lark tattoo as the one in Albany, right? He goes, uh-huh. Yeah, no, 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 we're the same one. Oh, that's he right. He goes, How did how did you know that we had a second location on Lark Street? And I was like, I used to go to you Albany. It's like the craziest thing. So we had a cool little talk about that. And Amazing. He, he was like, So what are you looking to get? I was like, I want to get an arrow. This is what I want to do. He goes, All right, I'm gonna hook you up with my boy Neil. And I he just knocked it out. And then when I wanted to do the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Neil did this one on my on my shoulder also. Is that Kermit the Frog? Yeah. That is rad. Yeah. So he did that one too. And then when I wanted to do the sleeve, I wanted to have Neil do it again also. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, that's not really the type of tattooing that I do. But mm-hmm. this guy over here, like I'll vouch for him. Like he's really good. And I just that's took awesome. his word for it. So, like, I was nervous to let someone I didn't know tattoo me. Yeah. But, like, he showed me his work, and I'm like, all right, fuck it. I mean, it's going to be on my arm forever. My so- friend my friend helped me understand that tattoos aren't that serious because she got mm-hmm. – at least she helped me shift my perspective towards that because people are like, oh, it's so important, and it's going to be on your body forever. And I'm like, yeah, and also I'm comfortable at this point with my body looking like a middle school locker. Like, I don't give a shit because – um. I'm 37. Like I'm already past whatever. Like I, I got married. I had my wedding dress, right? Like so, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if my tattoos show now or whatever. Um, but uh, that's the thing is that she had literal memes tattooed on her, and I, and I was like, well, that's kind of the way I am down with living, you know? Like, <laughs> you know who has some really funny tattoos? Um, Tim, uh, from 20 Tim Minutes. He told me about this tattoo he has he has a buffalo chicken tattoo is it's it? like it's like half buffalo half chicken hence buffalo that's, chicken that's the kind of tattoo i'm here for it's like shitty ridiculous dad pun tattoos I'm i here for i saw 
I saw Neil had a drawing of a tattoo. Well, it was just a piece that he did. And the best way I could describe it is Fred Astaire with a vagina for a face. (laughs) Did I make your friend laugh? She's dying. (laughs) You just made her laugh so hard. (laughs) I just hear this giggling. She's like, what? (laughs) It's the V word. It just makes everybody laugh. Every time I hear that word, I laugh. Who cares, though? Right? Like, who who cares what? I don't know. it doesn't there's, matter what you get as a tattoo. There's a there's a web oh, there's a there's a Instagram page. I keep I can't forget the name of it where it's like it's just stupid 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 tattoos. They're like like they're vulgar. They're just ugh. If yeah, I find friend, it, I'll send like, to you. You know that like meme where the guy's like ugh, like the big fat weird potato head ugh, and his face is all weird from like Reddit like the ugh, like the oh. Okay. <laughs> That's what she had that tattooed on her. Oh. Yeah, it was well, it was a bad decision. She had she did a lot of drugs. So anyway. Snake. <laughs> I think funny. this is it. Uh it's a Reddit of shitty tattoos. Oh. oh, it's a whole Reddit? It I I can't remember if it was a Reddit or I don't remember what it was. Oh, Okay, it's on. It's an Instagram page. Hold on, mm. I'm gonna find it and then I'm gonna send it to you. Love and it. it's just stupid fucking tattoos. Snake. It's it's Snake Pit. Snake Pit. <laughs> oh my god. That's, that's the name of it. Snake Pit. Real Snake Pit. Oh yeah. Okay. Like um. Oh yeah! I'll, wait, I can sc- I can screen share. Hold on. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay. Oh, I can. Okay, hold on. And people are gonna see the video recording because I'm here for that. Uh, I mean, we could. Okay, so look, so like, look at some of these. This was some guy tattooing oh on the 23rd at the 23rd Street station in the subway, literally getting an ass tattoo. Dumbass. I love <laughs> Get it? about that. Um. That's a flashlight. Yeah. And then this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> these are. These are perfect. Look at this. I don't. I don't even know what Look to say that. right now. That's not a visible part of someone's body, too. Like, that's on an ankle yeah. or a wrist. Like, that's that's wild. Okay. What, what else? Let me see some of these lettering ones, because I'm sure they're, like, misspelled. Like, or even is... that giant back piece. What's that hideous back piece? Oh my lord! Oh, like it's not even. It, that's not even a good tattoo. No, it's quality bad and it's hideous. Oh. And it's your whole back. See, that's why I won't get a back mm. tattoo because I want to watch it go on. I would love. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. I would get. I always thought I would get it like a che- like a, um, a chest piece. Not like a full, not like a full body front piece, but like just something like up here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like a, I don't even know what I would get. That's the problem. I want to get a tattoo, but I don't know what I would get. Well, just find an artist that you love and have them draw something cool. Like that's what I've done on all of these. Like I've given them very loose guidelines. 
Yeah, I mean, at the, what? Oh my god, these are hideous. What's the Spider-Man one? Where do you see that? Scroll up. Oh, it's Speederman. Get it? Um. Oh god. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Should we talk about like bad recovery tattoos? Also, that would be a great episode to have if we had people who had like horrible recovery tattoos on. What do you mean? I I don't I don't get it. Like the bad autism, you know, like they have the, the autism moms that get the puzzle pieces and shit. Like there are other people that get like AA themed tattoos. <laughs> like, Listen, it, at, the way I see it, the way I see it is if you want to get a tattoo of like, like that's, if you want to get a tattoo, whatever you want, I mean, like by all means, but like. Some people are like, it's a, I saw, I see these memes where it's like, oh yeah, I've been sober for, I've been sober for like a month. So I got the serenity prayer tattooed on my neck. Probably not. Probably like, don't do that. Yeah. I mean, just like, come on. Yeah. We could talk about, so do you want to talk about like decisions in early sobriety this week? That might be an interesting Sure. One. That's fine with me. Yeah. We can talk about like, because like, what's the difference between as you start getting maturing in your sobriety and like things you maybe should think about doing like avoiding and why mm -hmm. people say you should do it because like a lot of people say, you know, Oh, in early sobriety, you shouldn't get into a new relationship. You shouldn't switch your job. Like there's a lot of things that you shouldn't, you shouldn't do just because your whole life is <laughs> up, up in upheaval. Right. And I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, at the time I didn't really have too much, um, respect for that rule. And I did change jobs cause I needed more money. So that that's legitimate. Like I really did have to have some more money, but, um, but it's interesting. It's interesting to see like now how I would approach something as opposed to when I was in early sobriety. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear how like your experience with watching patients, you know, do stuff like that too, or like what you see in your, in your treatment. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times what, what I've noticed is that like my patients will realize like, oh my God, this recovery thing is so awesome and they feel so empowered that they think that they can just go out and just conquer the world. And then what mm. happens is they bite off more than they can chew. And then once they realize that they're overwhelmed, did I lose you? Nope. Okay. So once they realize that they're overwhelmed, they start to regress. And Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know I don't know about you as far as your recovery, but I know from a, from a, from an ADHD standpoint, like we talked about this with Frankie also that, that meme that I sent you guys, like I'll find something like really cool to start doing and then I'll get like super into it and I'll be like, Oh wow, this is really, really awesome. And I'll like, I'll buy all like the expensive shit for it. And then I'll be mm -hmm. like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. 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 So it's like trade hobbies and that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like there'll be times where like, um, I remember I had this one patient where he was a fairly overweight guy mm -hmm. and you know, he was, uh, I believe he was in recovery for a, was, I think it was, he was a Percocet addicted mm -hmm. to Percocet. And so he stopped using the pills because obviously like it's recovery. Like he stopped using the pills 
And then he was like, I'm going to start seeing a nutritionist and I'm going to start working out. And it's like, you know, I got to start doing, you know, I'm going to start, you know, lifting heavy weights. I'm going to start doing CrossFit. I'm going to start doing, and, and he's like at the end. And then one week, like it's a a couple weeks after that conversation, he started fault. Like he was not making his co He was not making his co-payments. He was, you know, missing groups because he couldn't afford to pay. And this yeah. is a problem because he was he was on probation. He's on oh, probation. So yeah, like if he doesn't if he doesn't show up to treatment, then his PO's gonna have a problem with that. So he was like, damn, what do I do? I'm like, dude, look at look at your priorities. Obviously, your number one priority is to stay out of jail because yeah. you have a wife, you have two children, you need to make sure that you're out of jail so that you can contribute to your family second of all you're not going to be able to stay out of jail unless you're sober so keep not using of course take your suboxone like you're supposed to and then you know try not like if you want to lose weight i don't know how you feel but i feel like losing weight starts with dieting right like if you eat healthy like someone once told me just by cooking your own meals you're already eating healthier. I mean, abs are made in the kitchen, right? But it's a combination. Like, honestly, okay, here's how my early sobriety went. So one mm-hmm. week, I decided to get sober. And the next mm-hmm. week, so I was in a really bad relationship, like a super abusive relationship. And my ex at the time, he he's like, hey, okay, if you're getting sober, then like, we're going on a diet because we need to lose weight. And I was like, oh, okay, you need to lose weight, but you're, you're telling me that. Okay, cool. So within two weeks, of getting sober because I mean, really what it came down to is that he wanted to sabotage my sobriety. Like, obviously he wanted to watch Inch me bag. fail at something. Right. And so he introduced mm-hmm. all of these very significant barriers to us both being able to complete the thing. But here's the thing is mm-hmm. that man underestimated the fact that I'm the most tenacious person that exists on the planet. And I, once I decide to do something, I will never stop until I, until I die. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so which is why I was so good at drinking because I could drink and drink and drink and drink until I, you know, achieved my goal of blacking out. Um, but right. the thing is, he's like, hey, we're going to go on keto. So so within two weeks, I, I got sober. I gave up caffeine. I gave up gluten. I gave up dairy and sugar. Um, mm-hmm. And I stayed like that for three years um, before I could, before I, I wore down. I outlasted him. Like I did everything. I, I lost 70 pounds, did the whole thing. May, may I say just for everybody around who's listening to this, that was a horrible decision to make because I was psychically overwhelmed. Like my job was really easy at the time. So I'm lucky for that. And I didn't have any other responsibilities really like yeah. to keep my house clean. And that was pretty much it. But like, if I would have had any other responsibilities, they would have all fallen by the wayside because I was so focused on everything like changing 20 things at once. And there's an argument to be made that when you change one thing, it's easier to change other stuff. But can I just say, say that with sobriety, I don't think that's the right, it's the right approach. Just based on yeah, how I mean, it was for me, that was stupid. <laughs> my The point I was trying to make is like, change one thing. Yeah. And like, get good at it. Get, get accustomed to living with that change. Yeah. And then slowly start to integrate something new. Yeah. And then slowly, slowly work that in. And then you start to slowly, slowly work something else in. You know what I mean? So like if you start like you're 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 doing really good at staying out of jail. You're doing really, really good with staying sober. Mm -hmm. You have to eat. Right. So why not focus on eating healthier? Start eating healthier first. 
And then once you start to eat, once you start to get like healthier eating habits, then maybe you could start to work into, you know, maybe going to the gym and working out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that you like if you can dial in the the thing at first, like absolutely that's the right choice but like mm-hmm. changing everything at once and that's the thing too like don't get into particularly the big one is don't get into new relationships like romantic relationships yes. early in sobriety because like if your sobriety is important to you you need to make sure that that's the priority um i was already in a romantic relationship when i started getting sober which was like fine i guess that was okay um but i'm glad that i didn't make any big changes on that front because i think that it's i think that is valid advice um, and some people will come around and say like, oh, like I did it and it was okay. But it's just, it's just the emotional aspect of all the stuff of just trying to get clean, just trying to get your body regulated, trying to get your emotions regulated is really, really hard. So, yeah, it makes things a lot. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in like a long-term relationship, when you decide to get sober, um, whether it be you're like, you just have like a long-term boyfriend or girlfriend, or if you're married or if you're in a domestic partnership or a civil union, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of implications. Like, like if you breaking up would create a lot more problems than it would solve. You know what I mean? It just, it just makes things difficult when you start to get sober. Yeah. Um, now I'm not saying that if you're married and you're trying to get sober, that you have to get divorced. We're not saying that. <laughs> No, but it's definitely, you need to pay attention to the effect it's going to have on the relationship. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that recovery, at least what I've, from what I've seen, recovery is just as selfish as active addiction is in the sense that you have to put your, like, obviously when you're in active addiction, you're putting your use of substances over everything else. And when you're in recovery, if you, like you have to put your recovery first because if you don't, then you won't be able to do all the things that you need to. Yeah, there are a lot of people who who ex- and that's a clip. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's really, it's really, it's really a good point, and I think it's also very important to realize that a lot of people use program language as an excuse to like get out of actually making amends to their partners. Um, it's easy to be like, well, my sobriety is more important than like me helping you with the laundry. Like that's the whole meme, right? From like, you see it on sobriety memes and stuff like that. Like my sponsor said, I need to take care of myself. And like, just doing that, doing the laundry is not a part of that. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Like, I'm really (laughs) lucky in the fact that uh, my ex did actually stop drinking when I did. Um, I don't know if it was Mm -hmm. a show of solidarity or not. Like, it's difficult to know what the, what the rationale was behind that, but he was totally behind us, like not having any alcohol in the house, which was really nice. But I have friends who have been like, who have been in uh, like roommate situations where their roommates still have beer in the fridge. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know how you do it. Like I would like throughout their entire recovery, the roommates still had beer in the fridge and like somehow they got through it. But you know, one of the couple of the people that I got sober with, like in my, in my class of 2018 were in that situation. It blew me away. So yeah, I don't know. Not my, I wouldn't be able to do it, but. I don't know. Early sobriety is a trip. Like, it's funny because I I remember there was like a, I went in maybe in my second week of, of being sober and there was a lady taking her 60 day chip 
And I remember being okay. like, oh my God, like I looked at her and I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I was like, oh my God, imagine getting 60 days. What would that be like? And then I got to 60 days and you know everything started accelerating. And then a couple of years later, I actually went in and saw her get like three years shortly before I got my three years. And I was like, I remember when you got 60 days. And she's like, I remember when you were there. And and you could just see the big difference between the two of us. Like cause in, in early sobriety, you're just climbing the walls, right? Like you're just trying to hang on. The I would say the first six months to a year, it's like you don't expect much to happen. You you just, you just you start working your steps. Like maybe you complete working your steps. That's the good news. But um, you don't you know you don't push yourself as hard as you might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? One of the things that one of the things that I would one of the things I would say to someone in recovery. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what's going. Okay, because I think you're. I think your video is frozen. Anyway, so what I was saying was um, what I would tell someone who's in early recovery is, you know, like it may be hard to see how things are going to get better from here. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is it's if you keep on this recovery path, you know, for a fact, it's not going to get worse. I like that. Here, I'm going to turn off my video. Cause I think it's just freezing. Okay. You're not freezing for me, but I'm just going to turn off my video. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that, um, I think that it, it just not getting worse is actually a really great perspective to have because a lot of us are on a serious slide when we come in. Right. Or we're like, Oh God, this is, mm-hmm. this is the ter- most terrible day of my life. You know, <laughs> Like <laughs> it's yeah. And I laugh about it cause I laugh when I get uncomfortable, but for real, that's, you know, we come into yeah. it in a terrible situation and just to know that things aren't going to get worse. I mean, but I was thinking about this today, even as I was like getting ready and I'm like, you, you know, life doesn't, the shitty thing is that life doesn't really always like, usually it doesn't get easier. We just get more prepared to handle it. You know? So is my life easier than it was when I got Ooh. sober? Absolutely not. Cause I had a, I had a partner who was like paying most of my bills at that point. Like my life was super easy. And, and then now I'm on my own having to do everything by myself, you know, and things have gotten really difficult. I've had, you know, deaths recently and all this stuff. And like, is it easier being sober? No. Is it better? That yes. I'm going to make that. I'm going to write that down. Hold on. You said life doesn't get easier. You just get more prepared to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That is a great fucking quote, oh. Catherine. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't think I came up with it. I th- I'm pretty sure I heard that. Uh, well, Hold on. Let me write that down. (laughs) Life doesn't get easier. You just get more prepared to handle it. Okay. Yeah. And then we have shut up and eat some grapes. Yeah. Shut up and eat some grapes. What's that from? Oh, 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 this was, this was from before you, you came on as a host. So, Anika and I interviewed JT Wahlberg. Oh, he was like one of our first. He was one of our first guests, um, and basically, we were talking about how people like drink wine, like the red wine, for like the antioxidants or something. Oh. And he was like, he was like, most of the antioxidants come from the tannins mm-hmm. in the grape, which are primarily in the skin. Mm-hmm. So when someone talks about drinking wine for the antioxidants, I just say, shut up and eat some grapes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's so I told him I was like, if we ever decide to do merch and we put that on a t-shirt, mark my words, you will be getting a free t-shirt. Some grapes. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's uh, there's some interesting concepts around the around that research too because you know they they talk about like well oh drinking moderately is better for you right but like if you if we look at the research design i don't know if we've talked about this yet but if you look at the research design for like how drinking affects your health um a lot of it is based on like the non-drinkers are people like me who used to be heavy drinkers they're not like jehovah's Mm -hmm. witnesses or mormons or somebody or people who have never drank right it's like people who beat their bodies to shit and then (laughs) And then decided not to drink. So, of course, we have ill health effects. So it looks like a U-shaped curve of, like, people who don't drink don't have the health the health benefits. People who drink a little have all the health benefits. And people who drink a lot don't have any. But um, but when you look at the research, it's flawed because the non-drinkers they pick have always been heavy drinkers before. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's just... When I see those stories where it's like, oh yeah, it's like it's like when you're on the news and they're like, all right, next coming up after break, we're gonna show you how drinking wa- drinking red wine can positively impact your health, and then you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna watch that, and then you come back and it's like, oh yeah, in order for you to get the, you know, the best, uh, what is it, the best effect from like the the best health the best impact to your health from drinking red wine, you got to drink like, it's like a shot glass worth of wine three times a week. And you're like, well, that wasn't what I was hoping for. It's not what people are doing. It's not what people are doing. Hey, my phone is like reaching the end of its life. So let me run out to my car and grab my charger. But I can keep talking to you. So we're just, I didn't realize this was going to chew up so much battery. So give me a second here. Um, Oh yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's also the same thing when it comes to like, um, what was it? When it comes to like eating chocolate, they're like, oh yeah, eating chocolate is good for you also. But what they don't tell you is you got to eat the like 85% pure chocolate shit yeah, you gotta eat that tastes like crap. Dark chocolate and it's only 1.5 ounces. <laughs> it's only worth I know. Oh. It tastes like doo-doo. Oh, that's okay. Um, Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I'm sorry. We're on an ad- a mountain adventure here. I'm out trekking through the snow getting my phone <laughs> so of course mountain adventure in colorado here we go um it's all good it's all you, good thank you to the listeners for being super super cool um oh we might have oh anyway, okay go ahead yep here, we're going oh no we lost Catherine. Um, okay we'll so get yeah, her back no, i agree with you we'll get her back in a few minutes uh, um She's on a mountain adventure Nothing's somewhere easy. in Colorado. Her phone must either her phone died or she lost reception or something. But we'll get her back in here. It's all good. Um while we're doing that, let's take a look at I guess we'll take a break and we'll look at some March Madness scores. Um Let's see here. NCAA bracket. Let's look at it. So Gonzaga won. That was crazy. They shouldn't have won that game. Arkansas won. Notre Dame, Texas Tech is playing right now. Duke won. Good. North Carolina beat the number one Baylor. Thank God. I just love seeing all these upsets. I love seeing the upsets. 
St. Peter's beat Murray State. That's going to be a great, that's going to be great. I cannot wait for that. Um, let's see, what else is here? So Arizona is playing tonight against TCU. That'll be a good game. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. I don't know. We'll see what Michelle wants to do. Um, and Michigan's in against Villanova. Uh, who else? Wisconsin's still in. Auburn is still in. Okay. Oh, she said, I'm trying to come back in. Okay. Can't rejoin on the app. Okay. Okay, we got you. Okay, you're back. Sorry, you're back. sorry, okay. sorry. Yeah, it crept out. Sorry. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, no, with the chocolate and the wine like that, you're 100% right. And it's so funny because people justify like, oh, yeah, well, this is for my health. And it's like, you know, alcohol... There's nothing that your body yes. needs in alcohol. I'm going to go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, the, well, it, like it causes breast cancer, increased rate of colon cancer, like it, esophageal cancer. It's, it's, poison. put it this way. It's poison. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be. I'm, well, I'm going to pontificate for a second. Forgive me. So there was something that I, that my professor told me when I was in graduate school. And I tell my patients this all the time mm -hmm. and they hate to hear it from me. And it is the, this, what I'm going to say is there is nothing that a drug or alcohol can do for you that your body can't already do for itself. In other words, you don't need a drug yep. to produce the feel good chemicals for you because your body can already do it. Okay, so essentially you need to figure out a way to make your body make those chemicals for you. And that's what the recovery process is. Does that make sense? Okay, so what are some of the ways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. What are some of the ways that people can get those? Well, it could be in the going. form of it could you be know, in the form of, you know, finding a hobby like for you. It could be working out. And doing, you know, strong woman stuff. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it could be doing podcasting. It could be doing archery. Going out, you know, going out on a walk with, with Michelle, which I do have stuff to share with you about that. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, okay. find things that make you happy. It could be going to therapy, right? It could be, ta you know, hanging out with your best friend. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, spending time with your family. It's all about, you know, finding... Find a way to make your body produce the chemicals that the drugs were. And the crazy part about that is you'll find that the harder you work to make those chemicals within your body for yourself, you'll be like, oh shit, I value this and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it by taking a risk with something else. You know what I mean? Whether it be, mm -hmm. you know, giving up that coping skill mm -hmm. and trying something else or even picking up something, you know, mm -hmm. because, yeah, the alcohol might do it for yeah. you, but it also creates more problems than it solves. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting in this context, because when I think about myself, I just used um, musical bad coping skills, like from the time I was a teenager, because like I started with eating disorder when I was, you know, middle school, high school, um, traded that in for alcohol the minute that I could traded that in for like all kind, like all kinds of negative coping skills, right? Like, and, and, and even after I quit drinking, like, I'm grateful that we did the keto thing, because I probably would have just been like blasting my face with sugar. Um, which is what a lot of people do because when you sober up, you you get rid of a lot of those carbs and sugars that you are used to, and then everybody turns to candy. Like that's the joke, right? In early sobriety, um, and so I think it's really important. Like it sounds so corny to be like, "What are my good coping skills?" But like my coping skills are art and hanging out with friends and hanging out with my animals when I have a pet. Or like, frankly, I I love getting tattoos, and I know it's like a corny ass coping skill, but like. It's, but it's, it's a good time for me to bond with somebody and it makes me feel really good and really happy. So like for me, for me, it's so hard not to be like, add to cart, get to tattoo. Listen, when it's I start getting really stressed finding out. out, finding out what works oftentimes means also figuring out what does not work. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. it's very easy in early recovery to get discouraged because you're, you're hoping that it's a quick fix and it's like. It's not. It's not a quick fix. So maybe the the first program that you try is not the one for you or, you know, you get into the right program, but like the counselor that you're not vibing with your counselor, switch to an ask to switch to another counselor. As I can't tell you how many times a patient has came to me and was like, Dan, you're a great counselor. And I think you have a lot of insight into addiction and recovery and stuff like that. But the vibe is just not working for me, you know? So can you help? Listen, if someone tells me that they would like it's in the best interest, they feel that it's in the best interest of their recovery to work with another counselor. I have no problem. I have no problem with that because my my goal is to make sure that that patient has the best recovery, uh, the best recovery plan possible. And if it's not with me, then I got to do what I can to make sure that it happens with somebody else. I think it's really important to hear that because in in the program, a lot of times people will accuse you of sponsor hopping. If you end up with somebody at first who isn't like really your speed, and then you try to find some other people that maybe fit your, fit your style Mm -hmm. and approach a little bit more. Oh, thank you. Um, and, uh, like you, you try to do that and, and folks will be like, oh, you're just hopping sponsors. You're just trying to find an easier way out. And I, I find, I find I've been re- reflecting on this recently about, you know, kind of some of the narratives that I heard in early sobriety and they were really helpful when I was first getting sober about like holding yourself super accountable for things and like never wavering in, in certain things. But I'm really glad to hear somebody in this community say like, Hey, if it's not working for you, try something else. Because I think if a lot of people feel guilt or shame because like, Oh, my sponsor and I like didn't hit it off. And, and then I'm a bad person because like I went to try to find another sponsor. Yeah, I mean, so that's a really it's not, message, it's not like, always going to work out with the first person that you meet and that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, you got, you have to find the recovery program that works for you. And, and there, there's yeah. just no, there's just no other way to, to say it. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of people who try to fit themselves square peg into a round hole. And it's just like, like, like with AA with, I don't go to meetings anymore. I, I don't, I don't, 
you know, dislike the program of AA, I do re I recommend that people, you know, give it a try. But I've kind of evolved, mm -hmm. evolved out of it and changed my perspective on it a little bit. There's like some hardliners there. Like, you know, we have people on here that do that do harm reduction. We have people on here who have who have addiction issues with mm -hmm. only certain substances. And I think it's really important to hear from that diversity of experiences. So um, including AA, right? Like it's like, it's really, it's a useful program and it's important to realize that, and it well, and it's free essentially, right? Which is why it's super rad. Um, but it's important to hear that there are other I options wish, there as well. I wish so, that those yeah. other options were more available to people. Like mm. I, I personally have never like sat in on a, like a smart recovery meeting or anything like that. But for people that are not into the whole higher power thing, they don't believe in, you know, they're not really a faith-based person. They're not into like religion. They're not spiritual in any way. Smart recovery can be really good, but the problem is there's not that many of those meetings available. Well, again, especially when you're exactly. in communities like we are or – yeah, it's really even to get into those on Zoom. And there are some like Buddhist based recovery programs that I've heard about. Like, and there's Ring. Ring is one of them, Smart and Ring. Yeah, we did um, a. There's, there's we a did an of episode on. We did an episode on uh, different like self help type groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me just check here really quick. I'll do it because I know I'm, if someone just happens to be listening to this one for the first time and they want to go back and check. Um, Self-care. Oh, uh, so it's episode five. Yeah. Episode five, everyone. Oh, you did it yeah. that early. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's really important to know what options are available to you out there because and also I think, okay, so if you're in early sobriety, it's really important to vet the program that you're going through regardless because there are a lot of people um, who don't always have your best yes. interest at heart if you're early in recovery because you are confused and tired and your brain is a little bit wonky, right? And people will definitely try to take advantage of you. And this is particularly – like I'd like to extend this particularly to non-men. Um, because there, there are a lot of people out there that are kind of predatory in recovery rooms and figuring out a safe place. So I always advocate to start in a women's meeting. Like if you can, uh, start in a women's meeting just because that added element of safety is there for you. Um, or, or I could see why know, that, I could see uh, why that would be a problem. Yeah. There's a lot of dangerous stuff that goes on and, and you don't really know how to say no. To, to those things so so regardless of who you are it's important to find what out what your boundaries are as you continue through recovery and like like figure out how to have those respected in in the rooms of like whatever program recovery you're working um so actually i'm gonna see if we can get michelle in here because we're gonna do a quick segue michelle are you gonna talk about your walk my what your walk that you no something better michelle I've never Hold met on. Michelle. This is wonderful. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to go get her. Hold on. Okay. It's 
Does it have to do with the Costco chicken? No, bacon no, no, no. Dog? Here, come here. Okay, I was hoping. Michelle, hi. hi. <laughs> so here, so come sit here. Come sit here. So, oh. okay. So the microphone's oh here. Okay. All right. So, no. so tell. Let's tell um, Catherine about what we did today. What did we do today for the wedding? Oh, we went to um, a bakery to uh, do like cake. Well, basically cupcake tasting because we don't really want a cake. We want cupcakes, but yeah, <laughs> Cup- cupcakes the way to go. Okay, how was the Cookie Monster? She one? wanted to know how the Cookie Monster one was. Oh, amazing! That was one of my favorites. That was her yeah. favorites. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna so, say. Okay, <laughs> so we we felt we liked the I like the chocolate raspberry. First of all, I'm not a fan of oh. I'm not a fan of buttercream. And that a mm-hmm. lot of the cakes, basically, it was just like like a stump, like a chocolate or a, like a vanilla cake stump. Like a stump. Yeah, like a like a, stump. you know what I mean? Come on, like a like a like a like a regular <laughs> cupcake. Like a <laughs> what? What do you call it? What do you call the 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 base of the cupcake? No, I don't know. You call it a. St- I don't think there's. Is there a term? Wait, wait. My friend is a pastry <laughs> chef. Megan, what do you call the bottom part of the cupcake? The crumb. The crumb. The crumb. Oh. Okay. So that's basically, the crumb, the crumb, like the bottom part, that's not the shelf, the like mushroomy bit on the top. Well, no, no, no. The whole, the whole thing with the stump and the top, just the cake the part, stump. though. <laughs> she, she endorses the word stump. She endorses the word stump. See, I told she you. Okay. So basically, with this, the way that this um, bakery does the cupcakes is they take yeah. the whole cupcake. And then they hollow out the middle part, they put the filling in, and then they throw the frosting on top. Oh, that's right. Um, so so good. Yeah, it was. I know they were good. <laughs> so I personally don't care for buttercream. Uh-huh. So the one, the chocolate raspberry one, had chocolate ganache on top instead of instead of the buttercream. So yeah. that was my personal favorite. <laughs> and then you liked. You like the, the lemon, lemon blueberry. blueberry was my favorite. Yeah, we were oh, so good. we that were super amazing. we were super excited for the lemon blueberry, mm-hmm. and it lived up to the hype. I think okay. it exceeded our expectations, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I love how scientific you are. That's yeah, fabulous. well, you know, it was all it was all for free, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah! So, um, and then we also liked the cannoli one. So yeah. I think what she she said, she recommended that we do, she was like, well, what are you guys going to do to like cut, like you're going to need a cake to cut, right? So yeah. what we decided like to do was, cake. you know, what, like my, what my mom said was a really good idea is like, you want to pick a cake that doesn't have any like fruit in it. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do is we were going to make the cake that we cut a cannoli cake. So if nobody yes. wants the lemon blueberry or the choco raz or the cookie monster, they can have yeah. they can have a piece of cannoli cake. cake. Oh, is... you're gonna have three types of cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, we're gonna. Tr- I think we're gonna try something that people don't normally do. Is we're gonna have, you know, like how it's sometimes when you do uh when you do uh the wedding invitations, you have people pre-select their meals. Are you gonna have them pre-select their cupcakes? Yeah. I think we're going to have them pre-select dessert. And then depending on, depending on how many people order, which ones we're going to be like, all right, we'll order 50 of the Choco Raz and 25 of the lemon blueberry. Cause we don't want people like, we don't want to have too much left. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, you know, you have to save some of it and put it in the freezer for your first anniversary. Right? Uh, uh, see, you know what? This baker has that on lock. Okay. She was saying, okay, you... KB was saying about like, we got to freeze part of the cake and save it for later. Yeah. So tell her, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. her so, what yeah, this baker so said. She actually was like, I'll throw in, like, come back to me, like on your like one year anniversary and like, I'll make you like a new cake. And that like, is like at oh. no charge. Like I'll make you like a Isn't brand, like brand new that's like much... same thing mm-hmm. and just remake it that's much better because yeah. it's kind of yeah, gross really after it's been in the freezer for a year mm-hmm. like let me just tell you that's not it's not ideal <laughs> didn't she say something <laughs> about like how her like she tasted her grandmother's 50th anniversary cake i'm like no that cake's no been in the freezer she sa- for 50 no, years she said it was a 50th it was like a 50th anniversary like, i know i'm just wedding saying cake. it wasn't 50 I was years old <laughs> i didn't think that piece of cake was in there for 50 like, years oh. get the <laughs> There'd be nothing left of that cake. Let's oh, <laughs> Cannoli, cannoli, good choice. Yeah, good and choice they said that the cake is actually it's four layers, so it's four layers of cake and then three layers of cream. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do black and white. <laughs> so chocolate cake, cream, vanilla cake, cream, chocolate cake, cream, vanilla cake. <laughs> that sounds so good. Okay, what are your wedding colors? Uh, I what did we say we were gonna do for what wedding colors? Uh, it's basically like gold, and then just sort of naturally, like because I think of the venue, like kind of like burgundy is thrown in because the venue has yeah. um like the we're curtains trying... and everything are like a deep yeah, like burgundy color. We're gonna try mm, and do mostly like black and champagne in. gold, and then work in burgundy as we can, as much as we can. Oh, very elegant. Yeah, very elegant. And what time? And what time of year is it? Summertime. No, we're doing a fall wedding. Fall wedding, perfect, perfect, perfect in the Northeast. Magical. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna be ten for ten. I'm I'm low key hoping that we get a lot of people sending us no's because <laughs> if that's the case, you know, obviously we want to have you and Chelsea join us. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're gonna bring bring the best presents. Of course, like of course, yeah, it's gonna be rad. Um, I'm. You've got to get Michelle an extra set of headphones. Well, you know what? Well, I originally wanted to have her like we were going to kind of do like a three way discussion here and we were going to stop and get like a headphone splitter. So I think next time we do next time we do a a talk like this, next time I bring her in, we'll make sure to get the headphone splitter so that (laughs) way she (laughs) she can hear you. That would be fabulous. Yeah, I would appreciate that. All right. You're making. Cool. I can't feel my leg I know, anymore. I was so get out of here. <laughs> Michelle, it's great meeting you. It's great oh, meeting you, friend. Ow, 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 ow. Listen, this way you got to do more squats, bud. So your lap is stronger. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So wedding, wedding talk. I love it. I'm so yeah. excited to hear that this is happening for you. I know. I'm. I'm super. I'm super. Super excited. Um, Y'all are so freaking cute. It's just. Today, today meant a lot for me because we, Michelle and I don't get many days off together. Mm. So it's usually either she's off and I work late or I'm off and she works late. Mm. So like we'll get, sometimes we'll get to spend the mornings together, but then I'll have to leave around like 1230, one o'clock, the same thing for her on the days that she Mm. has to work. So when we you know, when we finally get a day off together, we try to make it as productive as possible. And so we were like, oh, well, why don't we go and make an appointment to go see a baker? And um, 
you know, maybe do like a cupcake tasting or something. And we had a couple well, other they- vendors lined up, but we were like, you know what? We fell in love with this. Like we sat down with the owner of the bakery. Yeah. And, you know, she just made us feel so comfortable. She was like, do you guys want something to drink with the cupcakes? Like a cup of coffee, maybe a cappuccino or something. It was just like, she just made it. us feel like we were family. And it's a family-owned business, so we just fell in love with that even more. So we're like, we don't need to see anybody else. We're just going to... That's um, good. Yeah. Um, That's good. What was the other thing I was going to say? And I don't know. We just we try to make the, the most of these days because we don't... like. I think the last one we had together was maybe like a month or two ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's like brutal. Yeah. So like I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm hoping that once I start, once I start this new job um, at the new hospital that like I'll be home to cook more. So like even when she works late, like she can come home and we can have dinner together and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say, oh, now I remember. So. Okay. Um. This October, the end of October, um, Shatterproof is going to be doing a, I think it's called the Rise Against Addiction Walk or something like that. Oh. And it's good. There's going to be one. They're doing them all over the country, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're doing one in Manhattan. So Ooh. if you are happen to come out, if you're able to come out to New York, well, yeah, I'll probably be out in June. I'll be out, so I'll def- I will definitely be out in June for the contest. The um, reason why we'll I was see. saying because I spoke to Chelsea over at Sticky mm-hmm. Eddie, another great podcast for those of you that are listening. Go check out the Sticky yeah. Eddie podcast. Um, we were thinking about looking into when the time comes, looking into how much it would cost to become like like a like a low level sponsor at the event, and then like oh, maybe cool. get like a table and advertise. And then possibly we would see if maybe Billy from Brainwashed would come and like we can sell his products and then we could sell our bracelets. We can promote our podcast. We could promote Sticky Eddie and then just donate everything to Shatterproof at the end of the event. So so for those people who are who are listening for the first time, what's Shatterproof? So I will actually pull up Shatterproof's uh, website and I can tell you all about it. And every time I type in shatterproof.com, it brings me to a website for South Africa's leading windscreen solutions. Mm, so that's not what it's shatterproof.org for those of you that want to hear about shatterproof. Um, so um, it was founded by uh, Gary Mendel, who lost his son Brian to addiction. And basically, the whole purpose of Shatterproof is to raise awareness for addiction and recovery. Um, They have some pretty cool things that they're doing and we just want to support them as best as we can. Um, They have resources. If you're new in sobriety, like do they have direct stuff for people like that? um, There are ways. Yeah, there there's a, there's a, um, a tab on their website for find help. So you can find oh, right. treatment, okay. pay for treatment, ask for help, addiction resources, types of treatment. Um, oh, to pay for treatment? Yeah, let me look into that. Let me see what that says. Cool. 
that's um, a big part of it is like like because re- rehab is if especially if you don't have insurance good luck yeah it says here paying for treatment if you don't have insurance check if you're eligible for medicaid look into community health centers and state-run options nice um, ask about payment assistance and right that's why i was saying i keep saying this in new york you cannot be refused addiction treatment for the sole reason that you cannot afford to pay. That's amazing. So you may have to go to a state-run facility, but those state-run facilities are held to the same standards as the ones that are owned by non-for-profit organizations or private companies, right? So you can still get good quality care at any program in New York, but like this, this website is chock full of cool things and resources. So we wanted to, we, we would want to, you know, align ourselves with them and support them any way that we can. Um, that sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe for our listeners, like or on TikTok, we can figure out a way to like get a campaign going. Well, I, so on our, on our um, TikTok page, there's like a, a link that we can put in there to support like a foundation. Unfortunately, um, Shatterproof is not one of the organizations that's mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have something in the works for those of you that are listening um, that we're trying to put together that will allow us to donate to Shatterproof. So stay tuned for that. I'm super, super excited. We're like yeah, very... We we got some cool stuff coming in that I'm really cool looking stuff forward to. Coming down the pipeline, absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, all right. So, so we're about about the hour mark now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're at so fifty six minutes. What's our advice that we're giving to people that are in early sobriety? It's kind of what we were talking about earlier. But like, what, like, when you're just starting out, what kind of, from a clinician's perspective, what can you say? How do you help people be more uh, successful? Well. I think the first step is understanding, like I said before, early recovery may seem difficult and you may not be able to see how it could possibly get better in the future. Mm -hmm. But what I can promise you is that it's not going to get worse. (laughs) Just. I love that. I love that so much. And and as soon as you realize that, yeah, it may suck for a while, but it won't get worse. Like the suckiness won't get worse. It'll only just, it'll either stay the same or it will get better. And you've been dealing with the suckiness for so long. This is going to sound morbid, but like if you've been dealing with the suckiness for so long, you can handle it for a little bit longer while you work on trying to make it better. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's really like a therapist thing to say. Embrace the suck. Yeah, pretty much. You talk about embracing the suck all the time. Embrace the suck. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it's <just> so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there are times like just in my life, like the things that I'm doing for myself that I know aren't good for me. Like whether it's that I'm eating like junk or, you know, like my, I'm just going through like a really bad struggle with my, you know, my ADHD symptoms. Right. You know, um, it's just like, all right, well, I need to make a change and yeah, it may suck 
at first, but I know that it's going to get better if I keep working at it. It's either going to stay sucky or get better. It's not, the suck's not going to get worse. So that's my advice as from a clinician's point of view. Yeah. From my point of view in this context, it's just don't pick up a drink no matter what. Don't pick up a drink no matter what. Don't pick up a drink no matter what. There is nothing out there that's so bad that alcohol will fix the problem. It's it's not possible but for alcohol to fix. So so call a friend. You know, you, you get phone lists from these groups for a reason. You get contact lists on Zoom or whatever. Like like anybody who's in a working a program of recovery who's worth a damn will pick up the phone if you call at three a.m. Right? Like there's never a time that you have to be alone. And I think that I think just what I heard in early sobriety is don't pick up a drink no matter what. And I haven't. So and it seems to have worked. Last thing I'll say before we wrap up. If you really, really don't want to take a drink or use a drug or whatever, there is always somewhere you can go. If it's mm-hmm. not like if you if you just want to just go this is going to sound crazy. But like if you just want to go and sit in a hospital waiting room, like an emergency room waiting room, just so like you can have eyes on you and just like if they say like, what are you doing here? Like just explain to them like, you know, I'm just having like I'm just having a moment like I just need somewhere to come and sit and relax. And hell, they might even they might even evaluate you. You could sit in a bed, you get some, you know, get get some food, some juice, sleep in a nice comfy bed for a little bit and just get away yeah. from everything. But like. There have been times where like I've had patients like at my outpatient clinic, they'll call me and they'll just be like, listen, like I'm at like a party or something and I need to, I just need a place to go because I don't want to be standing outside in the cold. I'm like, come by the office, sit in the waiting room for a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that one time a guy came in and he was just like, yeah, I'm having a rough time. Like I had to, I had to leave my house for a minute and I was like, well, your, your counselor's not here, but if you want to talk to someone, like I have a few minutes, if you want to talk and it Mm -hmm. was so like, if you really don't want to use, there is always, always somewhere to go. There is always, always going to be someone to talk to. And if you can't find someone to talk to DM us and we will help you find a meeting. If you go to the, if you look at our link tree, we actually posted a link to a 24 hour AA zoom meeting. So use that, use that if you really just need a safe place to go. Absolutely. Great advice. Great advice. What a wonderful conversation this week. Yeah. I'm knocking it out of the park. (laughs) Um, So, so that will do it for us. If you enjoyed this talk today and you want to hear more about the sober highway, um, go ahead and check us out on all the major podcasting platforms, anywhere you can get a podcast you can find us. Okay. Make sure to subscribe to us on all of those platforms. And if you're on Apple podcasts, make sure to leave us a five-star review and maybe even leave us a little comment or something like that. Um, You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Okay. I have a feeling we are getting very, very close to having AJ McLean of the Backstreet Boys on our podcast. But if not, Get involved with our TikTok campaign, our Twitter campaign, everything. Blow up AJ McLean's socials and tell him how bad you want him to come on our show. Um, If you want to be a guest on our show 
or if you just have some information that you want to share with KB and I, you can either send us an email to thesoberhighway at gmail.com or you can DM us on any of our social media platforms. We want to hear from you. Definitely. Yes. And then KB, plug your socials and we'll get out of here. My social is War Maiden Official, War Maiden underscore official on TikTok and Instagram. You can also join me at WarMaidenFitness.com. My book is coming out very soon. I just finished putting it into print yesterday. Ooh, nice. Watch nice. out for it. Productive okay. Pain, June 25th. Okay. I cannot wait to get a signed copy of that. Of I'll pay for it, but I want a signed copy. On the list, my friend. We'll awesome. We'll run the sweepstakes too. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Bye everyone. <laughs>